Episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. I'm Matt Evans, Director of Academic Technology in the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division at ACC. Before I introduce our special guest, uh, just an important reminder, the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division and the Office of Distance and Alternative Education provide comprehensive support in course design, technology tools for teaching, and other high-impact practices that contribute to our Guided Pathways model at Austin Community College. Our teams are available for various types of consultations to provide just-in-time assistance and support to faculty for their teaching. Go to austincc.edu slash teaching support for more information. Today I'm joined by Dr. Erasmus Aday, Associate Vice President of Distance Education, as we talk about the expansion of distance education through an international pandemic. Erasmus, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Matt. I'm glad to, to be here. And I feel special. <laughs> you are the first podcast guest that we have had uh, who has been on twice. <laughs> really? <laughs> that makes me feel the more special. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, let's jump right into it, Erasmus. Um, talk, before we get into the, the effects of COVID on distance education, um, can you tell us a little bit about what was the overall reach of distance education courses at ACC before this pandemic hit? So in, in fall, I'll start with fall 2019 because that's probably at the, uh, uh, right at the point where, uh, the point after which COVID-19 started. COVID-19 started in the spring. So fall gives me uh, a better idea and perspective of numbers prior to the pandemic. In fall 2019, there were about 20,000 enrollments in student, sorry, in distance education courses. Now this number represents about 30% positive change in enrollments from fall 2015. In terms of credit hours, there were 59,593 and um, over a million total contact hours in distance education. So it tells you that uh, uh, distance education had a, a wider reach in the institution prior to the pandemic. Great. Well, that's definitely some impressive numbers. Uh, when you say 20,000 enrollments, are those, um, uh, that's, that's a duplicated count, right? Yeah, that's a duplicated count. Now, in terms of headcount, single headcount, that is about, in fall, fall 2019, we had about 13,000 to 14,000 students headcount. That's, that's excellent. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the expansion of services that was needed um, to support distance education courses once the pandemic hit in the spring and all courses were forced to become distance courses? I'll start by saying that ACC was in a better situation than most community colleges because prior to COVID-19 pandemic, we had already started the virtualization of most of our support services. So we had already established an online advising and tutoring program. So what we had to do was to scale these services to provide support for all students. We already had a blueprint of how to provide these services, uh, to put it in uh, simpler terms. Now, during the transition, we had to do some additional work to make sure that 
we reach all students, faculty, and staff. And I will point to the IT department's work uh, to virtualize technology services and help their support for students, faculty, and staff. And also your team, TLED, in, in collaboration with distance education, uh, working around the clock to provide training to faculty to ensure that they were ready uh, to handle the situation. And also what you folks did in uh, uh, distributing equipment for students and faculty that needed uh, those equipment to ensure that they were successful. So it was uh, a collaborative effort. And also we had already established uh, uh, processes. And all we had to do was uh, ramp it up to make sure that we served everybody. That's great. Uh, in terms of the expansion of uh, supports, um, moving away from the, the services specifically, but more of support for faculty, um, what would you say it was the most requested um, type of support? Was it more uh, training on how to use Blackboard? Was it more conceptually on how to deliver uh, a course um, virtually? Uh, what was sort of the, the, the you know, highest requested, or I should say most requested uh, type of support from faculty that you've seen? So the most or highest requested support was on how to use Blackboard. Now, a majority of the faculty that had to move on to uh, teaching online, that was the first experience, their first experience in online teaching environment. And they needed uh, to update their skills on how to use Blackboard in providing instruction. So we did provide lots of uh, support and training in terms of that. And now we continue to do that on a daily basis. Well, I would definitely say um, if that was the highest requested <clears throat> level of or type of support, the, the work that the distance ed group and the instructional designers did in, in developing those online Blackboard uh, training courses at the start of the pandemic certainly proved to be um, useful and, and very much appreciated by the faculty members. Certainly, certainly. And uh, we continue to improve those uh, 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 training and then adding to the knowledge base as well. And we've seen, in fact, we've seen significant increase in the use of the knowledge base, looking at, at the uh, uh, hits and analytics behind the knowledge base. We've seen an increased use in in that system. Great. Um, what has been the overall feedback from faculty regarding teaching online since COVID? Um, and specifically, uh, what type of feedback have you gotten from those faculty members who prior to COVID have had no experience teaching online? So I would say overall, the, uh, the feedback has been positive from faculty. I think one thing that instructional division did that had been helpful was the establishment of the faculty mentorship program where faculty who didn't feel comfortable uh, sitting through training or working with an instructional designer uh, had the opportunity to work with a, a faculty mentor in terms of uh, developing their courses and also learning how to use Blackboard. 
that has been very helpful and it's been uh, one of the positive feedbacks that we've received from uh, the distance education assistant deans that we work with on a regular basis. Great. Uh, one of the ongoing discussions around teaching remotely, um, and this has come up um, certainly from various surveys that have gone out, but also anecdotally from the, the Keep Teaching uh, ACC Facebook group that started as a result of COVID. But one of the topics is, is consistently around the idea of testing and proctoring. Can you talk a little bit about where ACC is with uh, supporting online testing and proctoring? Yeah, sure. So testing and proctoring was one of the challenges we had to deal with during the transition. Uh, prior to the pandemic, the college relied on ACC testing centers and also uh, partner proctoring centers at physical locations around the world. Now, additionally, we also had partnership with an online remote testing vendor called ProctorU. Now, ProctorU prior to the pandemic was a student paid service. And uh, since testing centers and all our testing center partners were closed during the pandemic, the institution had to expand the use of ProctorU with the college picking up the cost for proctoring uh, for all students to ensure that financially disadvantaged students were, were uh, able to, to test. Now, the institution continues to pay to support online testing through ProctorU. Uh, the college has also purchased unlimited licenses for respondents monitor to facilitate and support testing. In addition to that, we also uh, develop a testing process to be able to use our testing centers, uh, ACC testing center personnel to proctor testing on, on a limited basis. Uh, there are technology challenges and also personnel challenges there. And so we haven't been able to expand the internally developed proctoring services as we would have loved to. But we took a look at the numbers pre uh, uh, recently and a majority of our faculty members have moved towards the use of Respondents Monitor. In fact, in the summer, the numbers indicate 17,000 tests through Respondents Monitor as against, um, against 8,000 tests with ProctorU. And we are also finding that a lot of the faculty members are doing their own uh, proctoring using Zoom, Google Meet, and other web conferencing tools. Well, it sounds like um, uh, some great information for faculty. It also sounds like it, it, there could be some um, uncertainty for faculty around which uh, testing and proctoring solution they want to implement in their course. So uh, when we post this, um, this podcast episode uh, on the TLED blog, uh, I'll make sure to include a link to the uh, comparison between the various testing and proctoring solutions, uh, which is a great resource that TLED and the Office of Distance Education has put together um, to help faculty make those decisions. Exactly, absolutely. Great. So <clears throat> looking forward, you know, of course, uh, 
the pandemic has been going on for quite some time, but looking forward, we hope and certainly expect that campuses will eventually reopen for, for the larger ACC community for more on-campus uh, courses. What do you envision being the long-term goals and plans around distance education uh, once that happens? Do you expect it to, to decrease back in lieu of face-to-face -face courses? Do you continue to expect it to rise? Uh, what are some of your predictions? So in, in, in terms of numbers, of course, yes, since the whole institution is now online, we should expect some decrease. But the long-term goal is to continue to grow distance education enrollments and where possible offer more online programs. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the numbers, but traditional face-to-face -face enrollments have been on the decline for a number of years now, while at the same time, distance education enrollments have been on the increase. In fact, between 2015 and 2019, we've seen uh, approximately 30% increase in distance education uh, enrollments. And so continuing to offer distance education option while at the same time strengthening support services will, will allow us to ride the storm of overall enrollment decline. Uh, most community colleges are seeing decline in enrollment and it's not in face-to-face -face traditional enrollment and it's not different from what we are seeing in ACC. So by continuing to offer and expanding services for distance education, we could use distance education as an equalizer to uh, uh, decline in enrollment. Excellent. Uh, well, Erasmus, before I let you go, one more question uh, on topic at least is, uh, are there any new projects or initiatives around the expansion and support of distance education uh, that you wanna share with our listeners? Uh, I know that your office is um, uh, constantly working on new things, to, especially to support the, the growing distance education numbers. So I uh, wanna give you an opportunity to plug anything that your office has going on. Sure, so our department was recently awarded a $2.68 million grant to support improvement in support services for students and faculty in gateway courses. Now there are three projects initiative involved in the grant. One is to strengthen the embedded tutoring program. We started last fall. Now the purpose of the embedded tutoring program is to uh, embed students in online courses so that we can proactively provide uh, uh, tutoring support to students who are struggling. The uh, other purpose is to be proactive in providing tutoring to students rather than being reactive instead of waiting for students to seek us out and uh, ask for the support. We are in the class and we know which students need the support and be able to provide that support to them. Now, secondly, the grant is also to strengthen early intervention and advising for online uh, uh, students in gateway courses. Uh, and then thirdly, uh, to strengthen course design and redesign support for faculty teaching gateway courses. Now the grant provides seed funding to purchase a new tutoring platform it also provides uh, funding for training 
and paying for faculty stipends as well as hiring additional staff to support all these uh, projects that are going on. Uh, we'll be working on this grant for the next five years, and we hope to see uh, significant improvement in the success of our online students. That's great, especially um, uh, since it's focused on gateway courses. Um, those are um, definitely excellent, an excellent selection of courses to target for this type of a grant. So congratulations on, on receiving that grant. Thank you. Um, all right, so the last question, and this really is the last question, but certainly not on topic. Is there anything uh, giving you Riverbat pride this week? Wow. So as I always say, the Riverbat pride is all about caring for our students. And I see all around me every single day, our faculty and staff go the extra mile to provide needed support to our students to ensure that they are successful. And so for this week, this is what is giving me the river but pride. And I have a story to tell in, in, in connection with this. I received a phone call yesterday from a student and um, the student had been mistakenly dropped from his online class for excessive absences. And so I reached out to the uh, department chair Shout out to Carolyn Reed from the math department. She's the department chair. As soon as I reached out to her to try and explain the student's predicament to her, she had already jumped on it and solved the problem for the student to be uh, reinstated in class. So that tells you about the collaboration and uh, the extra mile that uh, faculty and staff go to support our students to make sure that successful. That gives me a lot of joy and pride. That's certainly a lot to be prideful for, so I will certainly share in that. And not only caring for our students, but especially in light of this international pandemic, um, you know, one of the one of the biggest key words that we've been living with since March is flexibility. Uh, yes. and so, uh, you know, caring for our students and, and having that flexibility to allow for um, you know, unforeseen circumstances and, um, uh, you know, things that, that um, certainly come first uh, in terms of our students' needs, whether it's housing or, or um, you know, financial assistance or, uh, you know, any of the other uh, predicaments that students find themselves in. Flexibility and caring are certainly some, some very important uh, things for our faculty and staff to, to show towards our students. So that's excellent. Thank you very much, Rasmus. Absolutely. Well, Erasmus, I want to thank you for uh, joining me again. Um, the uh, topic um, is uh, was a great conversation. Um, I really hope that faculty find this uh, useful, especially for those that, as we talked a little bit about the testing uh, options and proctoring options and the future of distance education. I think this was a, a wonderful episode given this time of year and our, and our hopes and goals of moving past the pandemic and reopening our campuses. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Matt. Well, that wraps up another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. Don't forget that you can read episode transcripts on the TLED blog and find links to any resources we referenced during the show. I also encourage you to subscribe to the ACC District podcasts on any of your preferred podcast apps or listen to individual episodes on the TLED website. 
You can learn more about the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division and keep up with everything relevant to the faculty experience at ACC by subscribing to our weekly newsletter. Simply text ACCTLED in all caps to 22828 to subscribe. And of course, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ACCTLED. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll chat next time on TLC at ACC. Thank you.